Welcome to the South Carolina State Library's podcast, Library Voices SC. I'm Curtis Rogers, Communications Director, and today I'm pleased to have with us in the podcast studio three staff members from the South Carolina Center for Community Literacy. And they are Christine Schellick, Executive Director, Liz Hartnett, Program Coordinator, and Valerie Bird Fort. Cocky's Reading Express Coordinator, also known as CRE, and there's also Skill, and it used to be called Skibble, so we'll get into all those details, okay? So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Glad you're here. So, Christine, we're going to start with you. Um, what is the South Carolina Center for Communi- Community Literacy? And I know it used to be called the South Carolina Center for Children's Books and Literacy, which was Skibble, but now it's Skill. Yes. (laughs) Now we are skill. And the South Carolina Center for Community Literacy is not only the state's designated examination site for new and young adult books, which are available to the public, which a lot of people I don't think realize. Right. A lot of people don't realize that you can just go in there and, you know, check out something. Yes. Mm -hmm. It is open to everyone throughout the state, and they don't even need a library card. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty exciting and we also don't have any fees well that's even more exciting yes (laughs) but um, we have a lot of resources that are available um, for a spectrum of literacies such as environmental financial media information health and anything you can think of we uh, were once Skibble, mm-hmm. but we changed our name a year ago because there um, is definitely more to libraries and literacy than just books. And how did the whole program come about? Because it goes way back to even when it wasn't Skibble, right? Correct. It was the best center, which was located in the bottom of Davis College. And I'll put you on the spot. What, what did BEST stand for? <laughs> Books, evaluation, Shun. Selection and training. And training. Okay, yes. good. Yes. I knew we could figure it out. We could. And that was years ago. It wasn't was it? years ago. And that's when it used to, it started out in this building in the South Carolina State Library. No, it no. It was in the bottom in of Davis, Davis College. College. And then it moved over here. Yes, we moved over while. here. Mm-hmm. And then we moved across the street. Yep. And so the, the major mission, or, or I guess the overall mission, really hasn't changed that much or because now it's community literacy now it's more encompassing of other kinds of literacy yes and we're also doing a lot more with the community such as we are sc thrive partner site so what's sc thrive it is where you can apply for assistance for medicaid okay Uh, SNAP benefits. Mm -hmm. Um, There are specific partner sites that will help um, individuals fill out their tax forms. Mm -hmm. We are not one of those. I'm not doing anyone else's taxes but my own. (laughs) You wouldn't want and you wouldn't want me trying to do anybody's taxes. (laughs) Yeah and we also are a experiential learning facility. Mm -hmm. We um, want the students at the School of Library and Information Science to come to us Mm -hmm. and get hands-on learning, be able to do research, Search, feel comfortable, become familiar with working in a library, mm-hmm. and just giving them the opportunities to add all that to their studies and their resume. Because you even have space that classes, USC classes, take place in, correct? Correct. Okay. Yes. And you talked a little bit about SC Thrive, but what other kind of partnerships or partners outside of maybe USC that you have? 
Well, I'll speak to this. We have um, we are a car seat inspection station. Oh, really? So um, okay. that is by appointment only. I can uh, make sure car seats are installed correctly, and so that's one service I we offer. I no idea. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. We have a variety of partnerships within the university, mm-hmm. and with the SC Thrive, site that we are we are able to help individuals apply for assistance but that is by an appointment Mm -hmm. but what is so great about that and i think about it for students in general is if there is a student who is struggling with food insecurity Hmm. they can come into our building and no one knows if they're coming in to check out a children's book if they're coming in for a class Mm -hmm. or if they're coming in to apply for assistance. Hmm, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And is SC Thrive, is that like a part of DHEC or social services or do you know? I do, but I don't remember. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just suddenly forgot. It's with, yeah, I did. (laughs) Well, I can find a link and we'll we'll add that on there. Um, So, okay, so moving on. Val, um, talk to us a little bit about Cocky's Reading Express. How did that come about? Well, um, Cocky's Reading Express has been around since 2005, and it was started by student government. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we travel the entire state. We go to Title I schools in South Carolina, and we read to kindergarten through second graders. That's our primary audience. We have reached out to other grade levels, um, but that's who we kind of focus on. Mm -hmm. Um, I travel on a bus, a CRE bus, with college students. Uh, Many of our volunteers are education majors, but we have volunteers from all over the university. Mm -hmm. Um, We go to schools, we read to students, and Cocky comes with us. And during the program, Cocky will act out books. And at the end of the program, every student goes home with their own book mm-hmm. after they promise Cocky that they will read every day. And it's just a wonderful program. Um, to date, we have visited every county in South Carolina, wow. um, some counties multiple times, and we have given away more than 136,000 books. Wow, that's crazy. That's wonderful. And for people who maybe do not know, Cocky is the University of South Carolina's mascot because, you know, USC, we're the fighting Gamecocks. So Cocky is uh, the the wonderful individual who goes out on on the Reading Express Mm -hmm. and gives away all these books. So for people who maybe don't know, what are Title I schools in South Carolina? So Title I schools are those whose demographic, um, they have a high free and reduced lunch rate. Okay. Um, so they may not have resources available to them at home to have a home library. So this gives them the opportunity to get the books in their hands to keep because um, their school library, their public library is so important, but these books they can keep forever. Okay. And um, we are fully funded by grants and gifts, and some of our grants include family literacy nights. Mm. So not only do we go to the schools to read to the children, but mm-hmm. we go back for a family night where we invite the entire family and we share tips on how to um, read together at home, how to increase your reading engagement and love of reading, uh, how to build your home library, and when we go back for those family literacy nights we give them more books Mm -hmm. Um, so it helps them build a home collection as well that's amazing and and I think you know if people don't know about this one of the things that to 
help people understand how that, that Cocky's Reading Express is really kind of the outreach arm, and correct me if I'm wrong, of the South Carolina Center for Community Literacy, which is a part of the University of South Carolina School of Library and Information Science, which is a part of the University of South Carolina College of Information and, and Mass Communication, or just communications. communications. Okay, it used to be mass communications, <laughs> yes. I think. So, yeah, if you can get that uh, kind good. of concept. Thank you. I, I was <laughs> like, you know, I really practiced to try to remember <laughs> how everything kind of falls falls in. Um, and, of course, we will have links to um, the SKILL, the South Carolina Center for Community Literacy website, and also cockysreadingexpress.org. That's the website specifically for CRE. So let's talk a little bit about um, various kinds of programs. And Liz, what kind of programs, since you're program coordinator, uh, do you deal with um, at, for uh, for the center? Yeah, well, first of all, we do. My title is program coordinator, but we d we are a team, definitely, and we mm -hmm. all work together on most of the programming. And our audience is really diverse. Um, so we th you think we serve um, we serve the students at USC uh, mostly in the College of Ed or School of Library and Information Science, mm -hmm. but we also work with faculty, of course, and then um, practitioners in the field, librarians, school and public librarians, mm -hmm. and then um, educators of all kinds, parents and caregivers. So we we have a broad uh, uh, range of people that mm -hmm. we're trying to connect with. Do you work with any external literacy programs? Like I know there used to be an organization, I don't know if it's still around, called Turning Pages, which was a literacy program in Columbia. We um, refer people mm -hmm. to okay. them. Yeah. Yes. All right. So um, referrals as far as that goes. And, right. and with the Dyslexia Center right. as well. Okay. Um, Dyslexia Resource Center, it used to be Tudor Eau Claire. Okay. Uh, they have also recently changed their name. Um, we have partnered with them yes. to do some workshops, and I've gone through Orton-Gillingham training, which is a training that they offer mm -hmm. uh, for readers with dyslexia. Okay. And Liz, when you mentioned College of Education, what kinds of courses are you, uh, are, in other words, what kind of, of students are you working with from the College of Ed? Are they enrolled in like uh, reading courses or, or mm -hmm, something? Mm -hmm. Most, I would say from the College of Ed, most of our work with the, um, those students is through our children's literature courses, which are undergraduate level um, children's lit courses right there in our little library. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the majority of those students that take that course are uh, training to be teachers. Or, okay. Um, okay. And are there any other class types that you would work with other than just College of Ed, or do you have any other outside groups that come in for any programming? I, I think, I think a long time ago you may have had like groups of kids from uh, specific schools come in. We had. Um, when Helen Fellers was with us, mm -hmm. the Reading Rooster, she would have pre-K kids come in from various okay, churches and daycares, remember. and mm -hmm. she would do um, read-alouds yep. with them. Okay. But other students come in. I know we have a professor in the um, with English, Dr. Oh. Diane Johnson. She, mm -hmm. Diane Johnson Feelings, she brings her class into the center. Mm -hmm. I teach a U101 class in there. Okay. Um, and just CRE volunteers will mm -hmm. come in frequently. Mm -hmm. 
And I know you've also had a special guest from the State Library, and that is Katie, who is the therapy dog that students can read to or just visit with if it's exam time. Yes, she has come several times. Mm -hmm. We all love having her there. (laughs) It's always fun, isn't it? And Katie and her human friend were um, part of one of our great programs this year, I thought, Mm -hmm. that um, happened in August um, that was... um, Community Resources for Literacy, we called it, okay. and um, that was one thing, a therapy dog session. We had the yoga for literacy mm-hmm. person. We had mm-hmm. uh, educational games. So it was kind of like a fair. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we'll be having it again. Mm-hmm. Okay. This, was that the first, was that the first, was the first one? one? It was, yeah. and, and the, everyone said that it was great because it happened right before the school year started, uh, and they gave them some great ideas to try first thing. You know, okay. And, and also parking was better. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. yes. Yeah, because by the way, uh, the South Carolina Center for Community Literacy is right next door to the South Carolina State Library. So you all had to travel a far piece to come we over. Did. We did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> one of the things that I know you have is the physical book collection there. Can one of you talk about what kind of things are in the collection? I could take a stab at that. Um, we, we, we are the state's official examination site for new books for children and young adults. So we get um, new books all the time from the publishers, directly mm-hmm. from the publishers before they're even available in stores uh, for, so that we're able to evaluate them and then share them with as many people as possible. Okay. So we have a collection of about 10,000. It just hovers around 10,000 most of the time. Mm-hmm. And we're constantly weeding okay. because we're constantly getting new books. Right. So we have uh, one section that is just books that are four years uh, old or less. Okay. That's our new books. We have um, uh, picture books, chapter books, and young adult in there, and, and nonfiction. And then we have a like our um, kind of a teaching collection mm-hmm. that's um, uh, in the classroom that has uh, different categories of books. We, we like to keep a collection of award winners, so the major awards, um, a non, an exemplary nonfiction collection, biographies. We have board books for little preschool okay. age children. Mm-hmm. We have a collection of poetry, folk tales, all, all that in there. And we also have the Linda Lucas Walling collection okay. for universal access, which was um, started by a professor uh, in the School of Library and Information Science who has retired. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're, uh, we keep it going. And the books in that collection are um, many of them are written uh, about uh, children uh, characters with disabilities whether it be um, you know cognitive Mm -hmm. uh, physical etc emotional difficulties um, uh, so that's a a collection that we're and it's a unique uh, collection and you know diversity and inclusion those are all important issues Mm -hmm. that we need to take into account. And so you said it was an examination site. Does that mean that people like school librarians, school media specialists, or other librarians can just come in and it's like they're looking at these books to see whether or not they would want to add them to their collection? Yes, absolutely. Exactly, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ideally. Okay. They can check them out. Okay. That's they right. need a longer amount of time. They can come and visit and look, and, and they have the option of checking out the book for a couple of weeks as well. Okay. Do you ever have um, uh, folks come in and check out, like, uh, different books for programming that they're doing, or is it mostly mm-hmm. just for examination? Mm-hmm. We do have a lot of people check out books for a special programming. And um, 
if I could remember, um, a woman from the Department of Ed um, Language Arts okay. comes over frequently and um, will borrow a bunch of books for um, professional development she's doing for teachers in social oh, studies and language okay. arts. So. We also, um, on several occasions, when y'all had a meeting here mm -hmm. at the State Library, mm -hmm. some of the library directors will come across the street ah. and we'll check out some books mm -hmm. okay. for programming to use okay. in their libraries back home. Great. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're a good location. For well, I, think it, I think we actually have a great partnership with the State Library because I will help with the read-in um, mm -hmm. a good bit and uh, other And we've worked events. with um, Carolyn Smith and um, Lydia Carnesale doing the diversity inclusion um, workshop series that they put on um, this past year. And I think there's another one coming up in February. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I go along with, the, with them on that and um, kind of just assist, but also we provide some Spanish language books for the okay. participants to take home, children's okay. books. And that's another thing we have here, the Inclusive Services Center. So mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of partnership opportunities that we have. Um, mm -hmm. One thing Val just mentioned is the read-in. And for those of you who don't know, that's an annual program that the South Carolina State Library puts together and uh, works closely with the center as well as the South Carolina Association of School Librarians, uh, which is SCASL. Mm -hmm. um, and that is where, let's just say, thousands of students, I know we've had over 2,000, um, come here to the State Library. We clear out the parking lot. Uh, you guys come over, you know, everybody kind of pitches in. We block off the streets between here and the State House, and all of the students march down to the State House and have a program and, um, you know, talk about the importance of reading and, and literacy. And they actually have a read in on the State House grounds. So all of the kids sit there and read, and it really is uh, an amazing sight. It's really great. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, okay, so what other kinds of literacy programs is the center involved in that maybe we haven't touched on? Well, we are working closely with the new Augusta Baker chair, mm -hmm. Dr. Nicole Cook. Who has been in here for a podcast. Oh, awesome. Yes. Good, she good. She has been in here. So we're um, working with her on some media literacy, social justice, and diversity and inclusion projects. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because one of her big things is the what is it, the decolonization of the profession, where yes. we talk about, you know, reintroducing items into library and information science that, um, you know, talk about individuals who may not have been addressed before in, in the profession. Um, so yeah, that's, that's fascinating. We're also in the process of building an online portal Oh, okay. That will be a resource for other librarians and parents and teachers and community stakeholders. Mm -hmm. So we'll have lots of information on um, different topics, different types of literacies that we'll be able to share. So okay. that is currently in the works. So kind of like a one-stop shop for literacy in South Carolina mm -hmm. and literacy of different types? Yes. Okay. Wow. And maybe even beyond South Carolina. Oh, cool. But that's quite an undertaking. I it mean, is. What, what all are you having to do to get that done? <laughs> and how long is it going to take? Well, it, well, hopefully it won't take that long. Mm -hmm. We're um, 
we really are just beginning the process. And it's got the, the School of Library and Information Sciences behind it's it behind as it. well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just us, but right. so we'll have their our tech people helping with the And probably people. lots of students working on projects that will be a part yes. of it. And, <laughs> and it will um, go along with the new curriculum that the School of Library and Information Science okay. is introducing. All right. Right, so the plan is to have some of excellent student products made available to, to be a part of that useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. okay very cool that's good to know about um, so uh, one of the things that I always like to talk about are library stories and these could be you know cockies reading express stories or maybe personal experiences you've had with libraries I've had folks talk about like you know libraries that they loved as a kid, but would you all each like to take a minute and just tell us about a, a personal story that you'd like to share? And everyone's looking at each other like, who's going to go first? I, I will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so growing up, I loved going to the library, not just because there were books, but because they showed free movies. Ah. And I can remember um, eating popcorn. <laughs> so I think that's where my uh-huh. love of libraries and popcorn began. <laughs> and I also just loved going through a card catalog. Uh-huh. And I would love to have a card catalog in my house. Uh-huh. So if you ever see one on the side of the road. Well, we have a couple in the sub-basement. I'll show them to you. Okay, but I may want to see if it will fit in my back pocket. Well, you know, I, if they show up missing. You'll know we'll where know. to go. Just yeah. go across the street. <laughs> um, so I would say that's a story from when I was younger. But in regard to Cocky's Reading Express, mm-hmm. Um, I was there when we distributed the 100,000th book, which was really, really exciting. We were in the upstate, and we're just passing out these books, and I can still to this day see the little boy who received the book, and he just happened to be wearing a tie that day. Uh, It was just like he just got all (laughs) dressed up, and I was like, this is so awesome and so perfect. So we took his picture. So that was really exciting. And then um, when we also celebrated the 10 years of Cocky's Reading Express, that was a a really big deal Uh because it started as just a project within student government. And Mm -hmm. now it's grown to be this statewide literacy initiative. And we're doing everything we can to put Mm -hmm. books in the hands of children throughout Mm -hmm. South Mm -hmm. Carolina. Yeah, very cool. Well, I, too, loved going to the library as a kid. I'd go every week with my dad, and he would just let me check out really whatever I wanted. He didn't pay any attention. So there's lots of things that I should not have been checking out (laughs) that I was checking out. Um, But now I am, as a parent, I love taking my daughter to the library, and really she doesn't care about the books Mm. (laughs) in the room. What Mm -hmm. she loves is the puzzles, the puppets, um, story time, you know, she's more into the play aspect of it. And it's really interesting Mm -hmm. to see. And it just kind of goes to show that there's just much more happening in libraries other than just reading and books because she loves the programming. Um, You know, there were live snakes once at our library and just all kinds of things that aren't necessarily book related, but she loves going. And anytime I say, well, we're going to the library today, she's excited about it. That's cool. I was trying to think of a good story, a memory story, but um, I had a hard time, and I realized it's because my dad was in the military, Ah. and we moved around a lot, Mm -hmm. so I always remember, I always went to the library, but it was was a different library every three years or so. So w- it would have been on the base? Or? Yes, okay. uh-huh. and all, all the bases had, had nice libraries, yep. so I remember that, but I, I most remember using l- school libraries, mm-hmm. 
and um, loving to go to the library as much as I could. And I was a good student, so I could have time to go to the library and still mm -hmm. get my work done. Mm -hmm. But um, I remember in middle school, I volunteered in the library. And ah. I guess that's where my That started your addiction. Began. <laughs> <laughs> so. It is. It's, it's, I mean, anytime I get folks in here and we talk about these kind of individual or personal library stories, it usually starts very young, you know. I mean, that's how I started, too. That, um, I think, is something that all of the people I talk to tend to have in common. So, And like what Val said, you know, libraries are really changing. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was little, I don't know that we would have had any snakes in the library. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. Or, yeah. like, it's just so cool that some libraries, uh, Richland Library has a, a cooking oh, library yeah, now. exactly. And just you can check out things like, ukuleles and, mm -hmm. and just and yes. you can get seeds for your garden mm -hmm. right yeah. it's just amazing yeah. and I think a lot of times people don't realize what's happening in libraries mm -hmm. now just like they don't necessarily realize what's happening in our library the um, center mm -hmm. uh, I think that's the same for libraries all over so well and that's one of my soapbox kind of things you know is talking about we have to promote ourselves mm -hmm. we have to constantly get the word out and we may not have the budgets for that but we use social media. I know you guys are on social media. Um, so any way we can get the word out is is what we have to do. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, and the three of us usually aren't quiet. Right. So we are always <laughs> talking about uh -huh. what, you know, can, you can do in a library that mm -hmm. is beyond just checking out a book. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah, we're we're not the sh in the library right yeah none of none of us are I think yeah. there's a I think there's there's a lot less of that in in the library world now because you go into a library and you actually hear activities going on you know no matter where your library is you're gonna uh, have that uh, just like you say it takes a while to change people's perception of the library especially the people who don't go to the library right yes. exactly like here we are in a podcast studio in a library you know, who would have thought maybe 10, 15 years ago that would ever be a thing. So yeah. um, so as we wrap up, anything you would like to mention that we didn't get to mention about the center or Kaki's Reading Express? One thing about Kaki's Reading Express and our volunteers that mm -hmm. I would like to mention is that we're, we're trying, we're, we're branching out. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that we've been doing is attending uh, like foster parent trainings okay. where um, we read to the kids while the the foster parents are in training. Mm -hmm. um, and we've been kind of doing other things. Also, um, we've had a couple of Cocky's Reading Express story time special events where um, over the summer we did those at Thomas Cooper Library and we'll be doing that again um, in the future. So there's... Uh, other things happening with Cocky's Reading Express. Our uh, primary focus is going to elementary schools, but we do have some more outreach that we're working on as well. Okay. And Cocky's Reading Express is completely funded by grants and gifts. Okay. So, so it's not something that the university is having to... No. Wow. We That's amazing. are constantly fundraising. So if anyone out there... Right. Do you have a link on your website how people can donate? They can contact us and okay. we will let them know who to get in touch with at development. Okay. And um, So that's still part of the, through the university development. Correct. Pro okay. Correct. Right. And also when Liz was speaking about the collection and weeding it, we give those books back to the community. Mm -hmm. So we have a listserv and if you're interested in getting on that, um, you can get a hold of us as well, and we'll add you that add you to the listserv. Mm -hmm. And when we weed the books, you mm -hmm. can 
come on in and get them for free. Okay. We donated almost 2,000 books this past year to people. Wow. Librarians, teachers. Students. Wow, that's amazing. I, yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that. So. And if there are um, school librarians out there or schools, principals, anyone who works at a Title I school or mm -hmm. any school, if you, they are interested in a visit um, from Cocky's Reading Express, there's a request form on our website mm -hmm. at cockysreadingexpress.org. It does not guarantee a visit, but it um, yep. puts you on our list and okay. lets us know that you're interested. And one of the things I'll point out, and correct me if I'm wrong, you don't go anywhere outside of the border of South Carolina, do you? You stay in the state, right? We typically stay in the state. There was um, there was an occasion where we went to Florida. Oh, okay. And that was several years ago when the football team was in the Outback Bowl. Ah. And BP okay. is one of our big sponsors. Okay. And we went to Florida and participated in uh, a parade and gave out books along oh, cool. the parade route uh -huh. and um, we went to the football game and then when we were headed out of Florida we stopped at a library and gave a donation to them oh that's well. very cool that's neat so. But most of the time, you just stay in South Carolina. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> it's we have a big state, and a lot of people don't realize that, you know, to drive out of Columbia, you can pretty much get anywhere in about two, two and a half, three hours. But um, it's a good thing we're headquartered here in, in Columbia yes, so that you guys true. can get yes. out. Yeah. So We ended up in Georgia once, but that was um, a mistake. That was a wrong we turn. Were, we were lost. <laughs> <laughs> too funny, too funny. Well, thank you all so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to have you here. And thank you to our listeners. You can find Library Voices SC on Podbean, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, or add us on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast website address is librarievoices.podbean.com. We love hearing from our listeners, so please send us your comments and suggestions for future topics. Library Voices SC is the official podcast of the South Carolina State Library. So until next time, this is Curtis Rogers. Thanks for listening.